Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Normally each episode stands on its own, but what you're about to hear today is a continuation from last week. So I strongly suggest listening to episode 10 first to get the full picture. Now that that's out of the way, let's get on with it. Welcome to the Testimony Service Podcast, the podcast that will encourage you, increase your faith, and draw you closer to God. I'm your host, Martina. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in an effort to help our listeners' faith increase, each episode will begin with the scripture. Today's scripture comes from Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Before we jump into today's episode, here's a quick recap from last week. We got pregnant, so we decided to get married. After being broken for so long and being told that you're ugly and you're fat and you're not attractive, I find out that there were three other women. I can't do this anymore. I want a divorce. I'm not coming home. It's unfortunate that this is the way things are, but it's okay. And then you move on. So I'm going on two years since October, being married, and I met my husband in high school. So we've always known each other, but we never, we never thought, really thought of each other that way. Without further ado, here is Ashley with part two of Starting From Scratch. When I left my husband, I left with nothing. All of our furniture, everything that we had acquired together, there was literally nothing in my new apartment, but Ava's bedroom suit, a mattress that my best friend had given me, and then I bought like two forks, two knives, two plates, two cups, two of everything just so we'd have something. Didn't have a kitchen table, didn't didn't have nothing. So I literally started over from scratch. And so I think there also was a, a point of embarrassment because I had nothing, but I was okay with it because it was mine. Once I did introduce Ava and Adam together, they were very awkward. Adam had never been around children before. None of his family members had children at the time. They were just, I think the people who were getting ready to have children, they were all pregnant still, so but there were still no babies around. So Ava was the first child that he had been around. And I'm not going to say they, they hit it off great. It was just very awkward. It was kind of like him looking at, this small human, like, what am I supposed to do with it? And she's looking at him like, I'm going to climb over every inch of your body, and you're going to deal with it. <laughs> so um, eventually they got to a point to now he's body slamming her on, on the couch over here and then running around the house. So he learned how to, how to deal with this small little human now. And, of course, on my side of the family, We've got kids everywhere. Everybody's got kids on my side of the family. So he learned very quickly how to behave around kids, and I think he found the kid within himself, and it it made him just come alive again. Fast forward to Ava's dad finds out that me and Adam are in a committed relationship and that Ava's spending time with him, and then, oh, my goodness, now he's calling and, and threatening me and 
calling Adam, threatening him, telling Ava that it's not your father. You are to hold his hand. You are to hug him. Don't sit on his lap. Don't go anywhere with him. So now it causes this major friction in our home because now Ava's like this guy that I that I'm having so much fun with and he loves my mommy and my mommy loves him and we have all this great time together as a family. Now I'm gonna sit on the opposite side of the couch because I don't know what to do and my my daddy tells me that I'm supposed to not like this person. So that that was a challenge and a hurdle within itself. So we finally get over that and I have a nice little conversation with her and, and She's honest enough to tell me I really do like him. I love him, actually, but I love my daddy, too. And I, of course, have to give her permission that she can love both of them. You don't have to choose. That's hard when, you know, sometimes you just want to choke the other parent, and you still have to do right. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to now, I wasn't aware, but once we all moved in with each other, Ava's been calling Adam Daddy for the last two years. Didn't even know. I'm in the kitchen, and she goes, Dad. And, of course, me, I snap my neck around like, who, where? I ain't seen this person in two years. Who are you talking about? And she's like, my dad's upstairs, Mommy. And it still didn't register for me who she was talking about because up until now, his name has been to her, Mr. Adam. So she's looking at me like, Mommy, Adam, my dad. And I'm like, oh, Okay, got it. I, I didn't know. She's mm-hmm. like, we've been calling each other this. I'm like, oh, okay, excuse me. They got their own, own thing going on. So it has been a delight to see uh, the growth in both of them. Of course, Adam is still learning and, and figuring out his way of how to be a dad because he doesn't have any children. So we're both going through the growing pains of raising now a teenager and Neither one of us have ever raised teenagers before, so we're definitely in a good place, and we're in a good place together, but it definitely took a lot of time and a lot of growth on everybody's part to not only deal with the person who once said that they love Christ, now no longer follows Christ. What would you say was, like, the biggest difference between, like, when you were dating Adam and when you were dating your ex-husband, because, like, both of them like said they were Christians and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. how did you, I mean, what was different about Adam? Adam means what he says and says what he means. He does not make a move unless he's able to commit. He will not overcommit. He will not undercommit. He is definitely consistent in that area. He overall has always been a stand-up guy. Now, of course, he had to grow into that. But he's been a stand-up guy, and he's always been consistent, always can count on him. His integrity is just on a whole nother level. That's scary, because when you were telling me about the first guy, I'm like, man, because that's, I mean, those are, everything that he showed you, I mean, those are all the things that you look for. Like, I mean, he seemed to check all the boxes. That's scary to even think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why I think my mind was so blown by it's like being hit by a freight train. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what just happened here? It's not like I went to the club or something and found this person. Not to say that you can't find anybody in the club, but what I'm saying is it's not like I went left 
and just ended up with this person. Now, it's not the best idea that, you know, for a lot of people to meet somebody on the internet, but hey, sometimes it works for people. Mm-hmm. But when you're a person who has been on the internet, on social dating sites, and you put your whole profile on this is what you're looking for, and then you get a response from somebody who says, this lines up with everything that I'm lining up, and you're literally reading scripture with this person. You're literally dissecting the word together, praying, going to church together, meeting his uncle who is a bishop, a Midwest bishop in Chicago. Like, the family is significantly involved in church. He knows his word. I mean, but it's just a clear testament that the devil can wear sheep's clothing too. And if you're not paying attention to all of the other signs, because you're so focused on, oh, this this shiny penny looks really, really good. But if you don't pay attention to the fact that it's plastic, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. So if you're in this infatuation phase, how do you see the bad for what it is or the not so good parts that are clearly there, but you're just so focused on what you want to see? How do you how do you keep those? distinctly apart. Like I was telling somebody the other day, sometimes you don't even know what you don't like until you get it. Sometimes you have to go through hell and to be treated like trash before you're able to appreciate a gentleman. And because I didn't see enough in myself and was so wrapped up in, he likes me, me. He's coming out of his way to see me. Because I didn't see enough in myself, the Bible and reading scriptures and putting out there on social media, I want a godly man or this, that, and the other. Anybody can can, can become what you want them to be temporarily. Yeah, Wait out there. All they got to do is <laughs> line up with Absolutely. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. They can just line up with, I mean, you say this is what you want. They can put on that hat and that suit, you know, or whatever. To make it look good, but if it's not real, it won't be able to withstand the test of time. And you can fake it for a little while, but you can't do it forever. But unfortunately, because we didn't date a long time, we dated for eight months before we got got married. Within eight months, I was pregnant. And about that eight-month mark, we decided to get married, and I walked down the aisle two months pregnant with Ava. When you know you didn't do it the right way, nothing's going to work. Nothing is going to work. And there, I had too many opportunities to get out. But because I was so afraid of losing, or so afraid of being a disappointment to my family, because at the time, image was everything. My family has grown since then, but at the time, we had to make it look good. And, of course, we're not going to bring any shame onto the family. That's the worst thing you can do is try to make a wrong or right. You can't make a wrong or right. But if had I thought enough of, uh, more about myself, had I loved myself more, I wouldn't have allowed myself to be manipulated so easily. So between um, the first husband and Adam, how did you come to love yourself so that when you finally started dating Adam, you weren't seeking out things from him that you really needed you know, to seek out in yourself and just between you and God? That was a challenge within itself. I mean, because even when I, when Adam and I got together, I would call myself damaged goods. So even though I 
clearly had a, a clear understanding of what I did not want anymore. But now you gotta, you're dealing with an angry person and a person with a lot of mouth and a lot of attitude. With Ava's father, biological father, he did a lot of screaming and shouting and hollering and all that type of stuff. But with Adam, he brings me a lot of peace. So a lot of that hollering and screaming and descending and all that type of stuff, it, it's the complete opposite now. So in 10 years, Adam and I have had three major blow-ups raising our voice. And even during, in 10 years, there are still moments that I still have to remind myself when we're not necessarily seeing eye to eye, but we're having conversations just like I'm having a conversation with you, that I'm waiting on him to scream or to hit something so I can duck, if that makes sense. So there's still moments where I still, I still have areas that I still need to heal in. So it definitely was, it, it was definitely a process. It still is a process. Adam is a musician and an accountant, accounting, um, accounting background, full-time, a musician, musician on the weekend. So that came with its challenges within itself because, you know, you've got to deal with groupies. So, right. and, and these groupies are, and at the time, I just got my degree, my bachelor's in 2016, but all up until, in my mind, I'm dating one of Indianapolis's most eligible bachelors. I am a single mother with a high school diploma. All these other females who are throwing themselves at him have never had no babies. They've got bachelor's and master's degrees. And they got these skinny bodies because mm-hmm. they've never had no babies. <laughs> right. And I've got, you know, all the the baby fat, and I'm still trying to work that off and and get my life together physically. So I've got still a lot of insecurities that I've got to deal with that why would he want to be with me? And I've got quote-unquote baggage on a lot of different, on different levels. So it still was a, a process within that, but I had to get to a point where I was just like, Apparently, he wants to be with me for a reason, so we're, you're fine. And if he can't handle all of this, what's going on, the brokenness, the baggage, you know, the journey, then he doesn't need to be here either. So I had to, had to take on that attitude. So it, was still, it still was a process, definitely still a process. Now, you know, groupies don't, the groupies don't make no difference, it's, you know. Hey, girl, how you doing? Have fun. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You know. What advice would you give to single young women out here? Whether they're dating seriously or whether they, I mean, before they even get into that situation, like just some advice. Mm. Just stop and think about who you are and do you like who you are? I think everybody needs to stop there. Do you like who you are? Do you love who you are? And if that answer is even a little bit no, do you have some reevaluating to do? If you are constantly looking for somebody to love you, you've got a problem because nobody can make you feel whole. Nobody can fix the shortfalls, the shortcomings within yourself. That's God's job. 
and that's your job. And if you're not willing to put in the work of addressing who you are and who God says about you, then you're setting yourself up to accept anything. Yeah, that's good. That's real. I'm definitely about to listen to this episode a few times because, man. But thank you so much, Ashley. No problem. No problem. Thank you for having me on your show. I I want the best for each and every lady. I know that was one of the things that God gave me a dream years and years ago. He gave me a dream that I was dressed in all white and I was standing in front of a church or a conference Mm. and that I was speaking to women and Mm. I woke up from that dream and like, who, who, who's getting ready to do that? And then a couple of years later, a woman addressed me and told me that God said that I'm going to sing and or speak 2000. So I learned real quick that one of God's, big plans for me, not only to be a worship leader, but is to talk to his, his daughters and to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Oh, yeah, I can see it. And, I can see it now. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that just required me to say yes. Not everything that God assigns for you, you may or may not like it, but it's not a requirement. All he needs is a yes. Not only do I have a special uh, place for women in my heart, I always I have a special place for single moms in my heart as well and women who have been abused mentally and, and physically. And if my story can help any woman, if my transparent, if me being transparent and telling it like it is, book, chapter, and verse, if that's what it'll do to open up somebody's eyes, Thanks for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this on social media. Tell all your friends about it. Tell the whole world about it. And would you consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts? Also, if you have a testimony to share, I need to hear it. Reach out to me on social media or visit the website testimonyservicepod.com. As always, we will be back next Wednesday, so here's a sneak peek for you. He told me he didn't want to represent me when I turned down the plea. It was his first time coming to see me, and he didn't even ask me my name. He just offered me five years, and I turned it down.